Welcome to episode three of the Frenchie Plays Game podcast, where the games are real and the points don't matter. Hey, friends and gamers, it's Frenchie. It's good to see everyone and good to talk to everyone in podcast land. Hope you're all doing well. Welcome to the Frenchie Plays Game podcast. This is episode three. Today, Frenchie's going to talk to you about games that I am not getting rid of in my collection. And there's various reasons for that. I know this has been a pretty popular topic with content creators all across the board game land. But uh, why don't you just kind of give you a peek into Frenchie's brain, if you dare on uh, what type of games that I have in my collection that I'm not getting rid of. Uh, for me, a lot of these games symbol uh, symbolize different things, and they're not always going to be for the exact same reason. And as we peel back of these 10 games, you'll get a little bit of a peek as to what Frenchie likes in his collection, why I keep certain games, why I play certain games. So without further ado, I think it's time we go ahead and dive into this list of games that Frenchie's going to keep in his collection. Caveat. Subject to change at a moment's notice. Who knows? Maybe at the end of this podcast, I might put all of them on a Facebook site to go ahead and sell. But let's check them out first before we do that, shall we? All right. So the first game on my list is actually an honorable mention. And I mentioned this, get the pun. I mentioned this because uh, there are some games that, uh, you know, you do have a little bit of different value to. And I always like giving an extra game in there. Hey, it's my podcast. It's my video. So I can kind of do it as I please. As long as anybody's listening, I've got an audience, even if it's one person. So anyway, so honorable mention for me is a game that's been a standard in the board game uh, industry for decades, and it is none other than the infamous Diplomacy. Now, why would I keep this? I have yet to play a game of Diplomacy. Actually, a matter of fact, I'm looking at playing it on an online site called Backstabber just to try to go ahead and play it. Diplomacy is this World War I-style game where it's best at full player count of seven players, and players will go ahead and try to uh, get some kind of influence and try to jockey for political and strategic position in the events that lead up through the First World War. It is also designed uh, called the game that destroys friendships because of the alliances that definitely be, are broken. I've actually seen this game in action at a board game convention, smaller one, years ago, where they actually had a diplomacy tournament. I was intrigued by that. The reason I have it in my collection is because I found a very good uh, version of the game uh, for a dollar at a thrift store, totally complete with metal ships, and just in really great shape. And so I got it. And I actually might keep it because for me, it's one of those museum games. Even if I never play it, just one of those you can kind of put in what I would call a board game museum. Look at board games throughout history. So that is uh, the honorable mention. Uh, I don't want to spend too much more time on it because you're here to get to the meat and potatoes. But that is uh, one that I'm going to throw on the list. And that's Diplomacy by Avalon Hill. So my number 10 game is actually a game that I am not going to get rid of because no one will take it. Uh, it is by one of my favorite designers, probably my top two or three favorite designers of all time. It's a game by Stefan Feld, and that game is called Jorvik. 
and it is a Viking-themed game. came out just a handful of years ago, but uh, really didn't fit into the Stefan Feld style of game where his games really created some uh, some good mechanisms and some good tension decision-making. This is a game of Viking theme where you're doing this uh, bidding mechanic for cards, trying to acquire them quickly, but knowing that if you do so, you're going to have a much higher cost. And so balancing that mechanism with some worker placements, actually re-implementation of an older game that existed years before. Uh, this game is only staying in my collection because I'm a Stefan Felt fanatic. Now I have some of his best games, such as Bruges, Castles of Burgundy, Bonfire. And for me, I don't want to break up the band, so to speak. I don't want to split the party. And so I'm going to keep it more out of sentimental reasons because I love Stefan Feld. I love his designs quite a bit. In fact, if you've seen the video version, you'll see Coco Pelli, which is the newest game that I have uh, yet to dive into and review. But that is the the uh, the fandom that I have for, uh, for Herr Feld. And so uh, I do want to keep that in my collection because, again, it's just one of my favorite designers. So that's my number 10, and that's Jorvik from Stefan Feld. So my number nine game that Frenchie is going to keep in his collection and not get rid of is a game that I can't get rid of because no one knows it. And so they're like, what are you trying to pass off to me? So there's, I'm kind of stuck with it. Actually, it's a game I've, I've kept and I just need to get it to the table one more time. This is probably the game that has a caveat of I may get rid of this at some point, but not yet. So that game is called Prehistory. Prehistory is a worker placement game with some dials and such that are on the board. And uh, when I first played this, it was with a game group that I knew back east. And uh, we played it. And the owner of the game who bought it after the game was was like, I'm not really sure that this is really something for me. And yet I, I asked him, I said, you know, hey, that's, uh, that's something there. I think there's really a good game in there somewhere. And a few of my friends agreed. So a few weeks later, when he decided to give that up and call his collection, he just gave that game to me. And so I have yet to get it to the table. Unfortunately, COVID has been problematic in getting as many games to the table in front of groups as we like. But I do have that game as something I do want to dive into one more time and check it out. I definitely think there's a little more game in there. Uh, it's obviously not a game that's setting the world on fire, but I do believe that some games deserve a second look. And so that's a game that I'm going to keep in my collection. It may stay in my collection, but we'll uh, keep it for the time being. And that is prehistory. So my number eight entry is a game by Ignacy Chevichek. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right from Portal Games. And it's a game that's been around quite a bit. I quite enjoy it, but it's been re-implemented by his uh, latest release, which is Empires of the North. And so this game is none other than Imperial Settlers. And the reason I'm keeping it is because people would rather play in Empires of the North, and so they won't take my copy. Uh, but uh, Empires of the North is that re-implementation that's kind of taken what Imperial Settlers was, was trying to do and creates a little bit better gameplay. I quite like Imperial Settlers. I think it's a decent enough game. I also happen to get all of the different factions, the Amazons, the Atlanteans, and uh, what's the other ones? The Aztecs, too. They're all started with A's, so hopefully my memory serves me right. But, uh, you know, I don't want to give up a game that I have a, enough content with, and I have a few of those other decks that were included as well. Why Can't We Be Friends and Three is the Magic Number. But I think the game plays fine. I think the game is good in its own right. And just because a game has come out uh, with a better implementation does not mean that I'm going to forsake everything I have to go ahead and get the new version. I'm not that much of a cult of the new type person, uh, unless there's a big difference with that game. 
But uh, with that being said, I'm going to keep Imperial Settlers. I do think that it, it warrants a nice, simple gameplay. Uh, I think it's a good enough game to keep in that. And there's not enough separation with Empires of the North for me to go ahead to that newer edition. And uh, you'll see a few other games, too, that I'll talk about that are in a very similar vein. Uh, they might be a little bit better games as the original implementation. But Empires, or excuse me, Imperial Settlers is the one that's going to stay in my collection at number eight. Number seven, what comes into the list of games that Frenchie is going to get, uh, not get rid of no matter what? That is none other than another Ignacy Chevichek game, and that's Robinson Crusoe Adventures on the Cursed Island. Uh, and the reason I don't want to give this up is because I need to have a game that I'm going to play should I be stranded on a cursed island, and particularly with a partner named Friday. Uh, but anyway, so this game is a game of which you are on a, a, a deserted island and you are actually uh, getting cards and turning over tiles and exploring the island and basically trying to go ahead and get uh, ahead of the losses that you will invariably occur, including weather patterns and different things that happen to you. It is a brutal game. It is a beast of the game. The learning curve and the victory uh, percentage is quite steep. But it's a good game, and it's a game that you can play solo, you can play with the right group of people. And it's a game that, you know, a lot of people are like, it's just so tough, and sometimes I don't feel like playing it. I like that challenge, you know. And there are times where I want a simple game that I know I'm going to win. But when I want something that's really got some meat on the bone, and I feel, I would say, masochistic in a way, I guess that shows you a little bit more picture of who I am. Uh, that would be a game that I readily uh beat out. And it's also probably a game for me when I'm feeling really high and mighty about myself. Guess what? I'm going to humble myself by playing that. It's a good game. Don't get me wrong. A very good game. And uh, I will keep it in that collection, in my collection, because uh, it just hits a lot of different things. It's a great game. Uh, it definitely keeps me humble. It's got some deep gameplay experience, and it's really rewarding when you finally do rent at that sucker. So that is Robinson Crusoe Adventures on the Cursed Island. So my number six game that I'm not going to get rid of is the reason I'm not going to get rid of it is because if there's ever an alien invasion, I think the aliens will enjoy this game enough to distract them. And then Will Smith can go in or maybe J&K. Well, I guess that's another Will Smith reference, is it not? I was thinking Independence Day, but I can go in and take care of the aliens. But that is Cosmic Encounter. Now, those of us who follow the Dice Tower know that this is one of Tom Bass's top games of all time. It's a game that's been around. Uh, not quite as long as Frenchie, uh, and if you don't believe how old I am, just go ahead and cut me in half and count the rings, but it's been around for over 40 years, and it's had a lot of re-implementations. I have not the latest version from Fantasy Flight, but the one before that, the first version they published, I have all the content, uh, but it's a great game. It's a game that's fun to play. Not everyone is willing to play it, but a game that, because I have all the content, again, I'm not going to abandon a, what I think is a good game for that newer version. And so that's just something that uh, is, is Frenchie's preference. Uh, but it's a great game. You have to have the right mix of players. You can have a lot of different players. All the expansions get it up to eight players. Game of bidding, using variable player powers and asymmetric powers with the alien races to go ahead and get five colonies. So a lot of fun, again, with the right mix of people. I quite enjoy it. I uh, wish more people would uh, would want to play it, but uh, I always got that at the ready. It's a good game, I think, to go ahead and teach, put out, and have an enjoyable night with many memories. So that is my number six, if I look at my clipboard here to make sure I've got my bearing good. My number six, and that is Cosmic Encounter. So my number five, Frenchie's number five on the list of games that I am not going to get rid of. Uh, I'm not getting rid of because, quite honestly, there ain't nothing wrong with the first edition. 
that is the classic Summoner's Wars. Uh, excuse me, Summoner Wars. I have the Master Set, which also includes a lot of the uh, different factions that I've collected over the years. Uh, now, this actually was... Uh, was uh, republished out of second edition. We've Kickstarter that's coming out. Uh, but I, again, I have a whole lot of content for it. I don't believe there's anything wrong with the first edition. I do appreciate the fact that publishers and designers continue to try to get a game to make it a little bit better or to put it out when maybe it's not uh, running in print currently, maybe make the game a little bit better, maybe even bling it out a little bit more. Totally appreciate that. But for me, Summoner Wars, as it stands, first edition, the master set, which has a lot of the factions, is going to stay there. Really simple game. It was created with an uh, homage to Heroescape, that 3D miniature game that's out of print uh, that uh, uh, took you forever to go ahead and build the terrain. There's just a nice board set up. Everyone's got a deck of cards with a uh, with a different faction, and you're going to play it in a similar strategic faction and try to have it where you can go ahead and attack the other person's summoner. It's a great game. Uh, again, nothing's wrong with the first edition. That's why I'm not going to get rid of that. Uh, but also, you know, being able to play that two-player games tend to be a little easier. But again, finding the right person for a two-player game can be a little problematic because uh, a lot of people want to have something that's a little bit shorter, maybe a little less strategic. But that is my number five, and that's Summoner Wars. I have the master set, but that's the first edition that Frenchie's going to keep on his shelf. So number four is another game in which uh, there is a new uh, edition that's come out. Again, this one was kickstarted, but we're kind of on the third iteration now of this game. Now, Marvel Champions is my favorite superhero game of all time. But uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse, which is my number four, is a great game in its own right. Now, I'd rather play Marvel Champions. I'm collecting everything. I continue to uh, play that very regularly. But I like Sentinels of the Multiverse. I'm not going to get rid of it because it's not, not because it's a game I just don't get to the table much. And I know it's fiddly. And I know a lot of people rather play the app version rather than the analog version because of the fiddliness and everything like that. Um, have you seen Marvel Champions? Hello. There's a lot of fiddliness with some of the tokens and threatens everything as well. But I like it because it's a brand new universe where most superhero games default to DC. And they also default to Marvel. Uh, this is a great universe. They built out character biographies. I like the artwork. It just creates this new superhero universe that's pretty intriguing. And the Sentinels of the Multiverse universe, that's a mouthful if you ever heard one. Um, actually, you know, they've created some other games or some kind of online comics and everything like that. So it's created a nice little following in its own storyline. So I like that. And so playing that game uh, gives me another different uh, peek into, well, what about this character? What about that character? I know some of them are clones of different common superheroes that you find across Marvel and DC, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's an enjoyable game. I like the gameplay. I like the location play. I like how the villains play. I have virtually everything for it in its, in its second iteration, but uh, I'm not going to jettison it because I'd rather play Marvel Champions. I just like what that game represents. It represented a change in superhero games into something new that no one uh, has any knowledge of this universe, but also it was in that period of time where board games were really starting to become a little more mainstream in a way and, and really have a delta of new players coming on. And it created this new uh, type of game that people were using, not necessarily a deck building, but uh, pre-constructed decks and people really gravitated towards that. So some of those formidable years uh, in the late 2000s, early 2010s, that game holds a lot of nostalgia for me as well as others. So a lot of different reasons why I'm going to keep this game 
for the foreseeable future. So that's my number four, and that is Sentinels of the Multiverse. All right, we're getting there, ladies and gentlemen. We're down to number three. So the uh, number three on my list is Battle Lore Second Edition. Now, the reason I'm not getting it is because if I want to get rid of it, people go Battle Lore and they realize the expansions are not part of it. And so they just merely walk away. And that's because the expansions are really difficult to come by. Now, Battle Lore is the same game system by Richard Bork that uh, he used to create Memoir 44 and I believe the Command and Colors uh, system as well. Uh, now, this was the version that Fantasy Flight had put out, second edition, and uh, I only was able to secure the box set. I like what it brings to the table. I'm a big Memoir 44 fan, and I really like Battlelore. I just wish I had more content for it, and so in the hopes that Frenchie is able to get content for it and expansions for it that don't cost a mortgage or have to sell a kidney, um, I'm going to continue to hold out for that as well. And by the way, if you have any uh, expansions that you want to sell, Hit me up. But uh, that's my number three, and that is Battle or Second Edition by Fantasy Flight Games. Hoping for the content, but I appreciate the game a lot, and I think it's a very, very big blast. All right, second on Frenchie's list, almost to the end. Everyone, hold on. You've gotten this far, and I'm going to take you in for a landing in just a bit, but we got to get through number two first. So number two on my list is the classic game of win, place, and show. And the reason I'm not getting it is uh, getting rid of it is because the copy I have was a gift to me from my son last year during the holidays. And he realized through a podcast that I, excuse me, a video that I did, that uh, there's some sentimental games that I have. And When Place to Show was really the first game that I did, checked out of the library when I was in grade school, that uh, opened my eyes to board games that were not necessarily your kid style board games. And again, I was in elementary school. The game really wasn't understandable to me. But the thing was, is that it stuck with me. And so fond memories of that and, and getting into the hobby for the first time, passion that's just grown as I went through high school, college, and then into adult life. So that copy that I have is a fantastic copy. Um, it's really in good condition. Yes, it's a classic from the 70s, but it has a lot of sentimental value. And so I'm not going to get rid of it in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so uh, maybe in the casket, if you want to exhume me later on, you're more than entitled to do that. I'm beyond caring at that point. But uh, that's the game that I'm going to keep in my collection because it's very near and dear to my heart. And I thank my son so much for thinking of me in spite of uh, maybe some uh, innocuous parenting decisions in his past. Appreciate that. Love, my friend. But anyway, that is number two. And that is one place or show. All right, and so Frenchie is now taking us to number one. This is the top game of my list, the game that I will not get rid of whatsoever. Now, there's a caveat here. I have two copies of this game. One is a big box edition, and the other edition is the original edition from Rio Grande Games. I will not get rid of the original edition from Rio Grande Games because I'll tell you that in a bit, but if I ever had a part, I would get rid of the... Uh, big box edition, but highly doubtful at the time. So that game is none other than Carcassonne. Now, in spite of all the games that I just talked to you, why would I do that? Because when I started to build my modern hobby game collection, that was the very first game I played. I played Ticket to Ride. I played Katam. I played collectible card games. And so that game that I have, that original version, is a version that's still in my collection. And I'm going to continue to keep that. And I got the big box because I wanted some extra content. Uh, it's an enjoyable game. It's a game that I can play. It has a nice taste uh, to it as far as a Euro game. 
as far as, you know, nice, just gentle tile laying game, with a little bit of strategy, but it's a classic and it's a classic gateway game. I know that I tend to play games with a much heavier, uh, medium to medium uh, heavyweight games, but uh, that game, that original one from Rio Grande Games, just holds a lot of memories to me. The box still even smells like when I opened it uh, years ago. No, I'm not talking Cheetos and pizza, but you still have that. Maybe it's just those triggers too, that uh, smells tend to have a little bit more powerful memory triggers. Lots of enjoyment in the game for many, many years. I've taught it many, many times. And it's a game that's just going to continue to uh, to be with me. And maybe that one stays in the casket uh, while you guys can go ahead and take one place your show. Who knows? Uh, anyway, so that is my number one. And that's Carcassonne, the Rio Grande Games edition. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for joining. Appreciate you listening. Uh, if you're watching the video, you'll see the subscribe button come up. Uh, go ahead and hit that. Like and comment. If you're listening to this on the different podcast formats, Apple, Spotify, whatever, please go ahead and subscribe. Uh, go ahead and follow the links that I have to some of my other content. Leave comments as you can. And if you can, let me know. I want to continue to shape this as uh, as you'd like. and want to continue to bring value to you. Appreciate you all. Thank you so much for joining. And until next time, don't forget, play nice. Take care. Mm-hmm.